Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. I'm so excited to discuss my sponsor today, which is Page One Books, because my summer book bundle is ready on pageonebooks.com. And the bundle that I've put together includes three books that I picked, uh, Montauk by Nicola Harrison, More Myself by Alicia Keys, and I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpott, all of which have been on this podcast here. Uh, It includes a Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books beach tote, a cute little library card pencil slash cosmetic case, and a water bottle for staying hydrated plus a little um, thing of sun lotion. So go to pageonebooks.com, page one with the number one, so page number one books.com, and check out my my page one book summer bundle. Buy it as a gift, a housewarming, if you actually go somewhere, or just give it to yourself. Everybody needs a treat. We've had a long spring. <laughs> Pageonebooks.com. Hi, today is day two of my July book blast, which I started yesterday with Memoir Mondays. Today is Debut Tuesdays, and I'm going to be featuring a number of incredible debut authors whose books have come out during the quarantine or around this time or are great beach reads and things you should definitely start reading now. I will be doing this for 10 days in July with lots and lots of episodes so that you all can enjoy it while it's still the summer. I hope you enjoy today's debut Tuesday. Listen to all of them some of them and spread the word. Lauren Ho is the author of Last Tang Standing. She is a reformed legal counsel who writes funny stories. This is according to her. I think they're funny, but anyway, that's according to her. Hailing from Malaysia, she lived in the United Kingdom, France, and Luxembourg before moving with her family to Singapore, where she is ostensibly working on her next novel. And then she says, Last Tang Standing is not based on her mother at all, seriously. I mean, how can you not want to read it or listen to her episode after hearing that bio? Welcome, Lauren. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and congratulations on Last Tang Standing. How exciting. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Zibi. I'm really excited to be talking to you today, and yeah, I hope I hope you'll have fun. You have the funniest about the author 
bio, you know, book jacket description that I've like ever read. I already read it on your bio here, but you're so funny that when you say it's not based on your mother at all, seriously. Tell me about, <laughs> so tell me about how Last Hang Standing is not based on your mother. What's it based on then? And, and maybe start by explaining what the book is about to people who haven't read it. Sure, sure. So Last Hang Standing is a book about a 30-something-year-old lawyer, a 30-something lawyer who's basically trying to climb the corporate ladder while, you know, fending off the unhealthy interests her relatives have in her love life. So it's basically written in diary form, and it's set over the course of a year. And we're going to follow Andrea's journey. Andrea's the protagonist, you know, as she tries to find what she wants in life. So that's basically the, the story of the book. And when I say it's not based on my mom, it's because I'm legally obliged to say that. <laughs> but my mom knows. So no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's only like partially based on her, of course. <laughs> I have to say, this is being recorded. So... <laughs> so- when you meet the main character in this book, she's facing the Chinese New Year, which I didn't even know was like the worst time ever for single women who are over 30 in the Chinese <laughs> culture community. Tell me a little more about that. And if like, did this happen to you or these are friends of yours this happened to? Or just tell me about where you started the book, how you entered it that way. Well, obviously, I exaggerated certain aspects of the book for like comic relief, but it is a terrible time for single people, you know, Chinese New Year. Like, I suppose any clan gathering for people with, uh, you know, uh, from cultures where family ties are still really important and you have a lot of clanic gatherings. So, like, Chinese New Year is pretty much like the worst for singletons that are above 30 and like who are of like Chinese background. I didn't go through this, thankfully, because I got married pretty young. I got married when I was like 27. Not because I was afraid of the clan gathering. I must, I must stress. I don't know. I think you're protesting too much, you know? I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I buy it, but okay, fine. But I had many friends who had gone through similar things and they told me like, you know, they always dreaded Chinese New Year because like people get extra drunk and extra... <laughs> extra, you know, pray. That's not even a word. But yeah, like, like, you know, they get... Yeah. yes. And where are you, by the way? You're in, are you in Singapore now or where are you calling from? Actually, I'm in Malaysia, which is, you know, in the same time zone as Singapore. And I'm currently based there because my husband's work forced him to be there. But we might move back to Singapore. I don't know. I'm kind of in between places. It's weird because I am from Malaysia, but I hadn't been living in Malaysia for over a decade more than that before I moved back. So yes, it's strange. And so are you in closer proximity to your mother now? Oh no, she's in a different state with my dad. Oh, I think they're trying to. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Actually, they moved to a state closer to Singapore when I had a kid and they would do the crossing, like they would cross the streets to see me. But then we moved to Malaysia and they're like, oh, you're, you're in Kuala Lumpur now. And that's like not what we were expecting. But now they have this house in Johor, which is the state, which is closest to Singapore. And they're like, oh, that's not working out the way I thought it would. But you know, <laughs> some people wave through life, right? That's an important lesson for my mom to learn. <laughs> so tell me about your decision to write this book at all. Like what made you want to write a book? Or this book in particular? Well, I have been writing competitively. I I call it competitive writing for some time. So I used to write short stories and submit them for competitions. And like some of them have been published. And I always had in mind that I wanted to write like a a novel. But 
I never really had the time because back then I used to be a legal counsel and I was always like working really long hours. And so when we moved to Singapore about six years ago, I finally had the time to sit down and like I had the, like the bandwidth to write. And so at the same time, I was also trying out stand-up comedy as like an amateur. And so this was like the time for me to, to kind of like experiment creatively. And so I got the idea for the book during a stand-up comedy set about conditional versus unconditional love and Asian parents. So that's how I got the idea for the book. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. So funny. And I saw actually you're in conversation soon with Kevin Kwan. And I interviewed him yesterday. (laughs) Great. I mean, I'm so excited about it. I try not to think about it because I might not be able to like sleep at night if I do. So (laughs) I'm just trying, trying to think about it. Do you watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Have you ever seen Um, that show about a stand-up Jewish comedian back in the, I don't know when it was, the 50s probably? And she, you know, Midge Maisel decides to not be a housewife anymore and just, you know, take over the world and go do stand-up comic everywhere. And anyway, you should watch it. It's really funny and really good. Or maybe you should just make your own version of a show like that. (laughs) No, I don't think I would be a, I I don't know. I I wouldn't know where to start. I, I don't think I would be a good actor or scriptwriter. So we'll see. I don't know. You pulled off, you pulled off this book. So <laughs> we'll see. tell me more about the process of writing your book. So you, you thought of the idea during stand-up and then what happened? And then I did the adult thing of like setting aside some time every day and writing a little bit every day. You know, when I was in my twenties, I used to think like, you know, writing would just be like, oh, the news has struck and I'm going to sit down and like write something. But I actually got pretty good advice from my friends who told me, like, if you want to finish a novel, you need to just sit down for like a certain hour, like a certain number of hours a day and just like write the novel. And that's what I did. And that's the only reason I managed to finish the novel. Yeah. So discipline. And I, I might have forgotten the question. Sorry. No, that's OK. Uh, no, that's fine. I just wanted to know about your journey, you know, to writing it. Did you have the whole thing plotted out in your head? Did you know the way you wanted it to go when you sat down to write it? Or did it all just come tumbling out once you, once your fingers hit the keyboard? So the first draft I ever did, which I thought was good enough and which I submitted out to agents, obviously was not good enough because I didn't, I got like some requests for like full manuscript, but no actual bites in the end. But yeah, so like the first draft was not so good. And it was just something that I, I had like the barest grasp on plotting and I just thought this is the way it should go blah 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 but after I got those rejections I kind of sat down and I read a couple no more than a couple of craft books and I learned how to plot by reading these books and yeah so I I read read rejig maybe 30% of the book and like added another 20% and all these stats make me sound much more intelligent than I probably am but yeah that's how that's the version that actually got me an agent actually was sold, came about. But yeah, it has gone through a lot of redrafting. Yeah. I kind of like, once I knew what I was doing, I was like, oh no, I should add this idea in. I should add this scene in. And my editor was like, give me the damn manuscript. <laughs> no, she didn't say, give me the manuscript. The deadline's here. So, and yeah. It reminds me a little of Bridget Jones's diary and the whole diaristic format of the book and having like little entries and, you know, next to different times and what you were thinking or not you, sorry, what your character is thinking as she goes through it. Did you model it on on books like that or did you have any inspiration from other books or did you just like 
go at it the way you had in mind? So I had always known that I would write the book in diary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. So what I did was before I started writing, I started reading up all the diary books I had. So like Bridget Jones Diaries, like I had two or three of the books and I read them all. And then I read like Adrian Mole Diaries. I think I read like two or three as well from the series. And I loved the Adrian Mole Diaries, yeah. by the way. Those were like, nobody talks about them anymore. I still have one from when I was little. Like those were fantastic. Yes, they're so good, right? And I just basically read them and like, oh, I figured out how, like, you know, I just need a refresher as to how like a diary form novel could be. And I just kind of like did my own thing. I probably put in more traditional, traditional narrative structure. Sorry, I I probably spliced in more traditional narrative chunks than like Richard Jones Diary did or Adrian Mole. But yeah, so it's like a, a mixture of, I did my own thing, I guess. Yeah. So. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that answered my question. So start to finish, how long do you think the whole project took you? I finished the first draft in 2017 and I spent 2018 redrafting and I got my agent in 2019. So I think the whole process probably took like three and a half years. Yeah. 
uh, publishing is like takes such a long time, right? It's not like it's not for someone who has very short attention span or like very little patience because the turnover for one project takes forever. And it's not even like you, you have no control over it. You just basically have to just relinquish control and let your publishers do their thing. And that can take a year and a half to two years. And people don't know that. So, yeah. yeah. Slow. <laughs> That's why sometimes I like writing essays that you can post yourself like immediately. <laughs> like 800 words and then it's up. <laughs> and then you can post it and spread the word. So I don't know. I'm too, I feel like I'm too impatient for a lot of things. <laughs> Are you working on a new book or what's coming next for you? So I'm working on a sequel that will hopefully be sold. I actually don't have a second book deal yet. So I'm like waiting for myself to finish. I'm waiting to finish the book and then see how it goes and then actually sell the second book, I hope. But yeah, I'm working on a sequel. Maybe TMI. I'm no, working on not, a sequel. To, not TMI. That's uh, <laughs> and I saw on Instagram how you took your daughter and you're like staking out different bookstores now that you can be out of the house and look around and all that. Tell me about what that feeling was like seeing your book on a shelf. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I, I, I can't even describe the feeling. It's like dread mixed with anticipation mixed with, I don't know, too many drinks. And, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I was just, the first time I saw my book on a shelf and it was, and Kino Kunia in Malaysia, I was just so overcome with emotion because it was like Kino Kunia. And Kino Kunia is like the Waterstones, if you wish, or Barnes and Noble of Malaysia and Singapore. And well, they're kind of everywhere in the region. So they're, they're kind of like a big deal. And, you know, I'm Malaysian. So seeing my book in the Kino Kunia store in KLCC was a big deal for me. But I kind of want to see this, the book in person in Singapore because that's where I wrote the book and that's that's where I was when I had like my stand-up comedy stint for two years so I kind of want to be there to see the books and I'm hoping that the borders open and we can like travel soon I'm hoping yeah this year has been a tough year to be a debut I won't kid around it's been a tough year but yeah you know it's hard I know it's I, I have just had such an outpouring of sort of I don't know empathy and trying to I just feel so bad for people like you who have done all, all the work and done everything right. And then it comes out and the environment is just like not what you expected. And, you know, the, the work is still, the work hasn't changed. It's just everything else in the entire universe. So I don't know. I have a lot of compassion for trying to get the word out about great debut books like yours. So yeah, my heart goes out to you and all your peers and, <laughs> you know, it's tough, but not impossible, right? I mean, look at you, you're standing out already. So it's great. Not impossible. I, I think like the thing that most authors want is, you know, that in-store event, right? Where they can like sign the books and meet fans or haters. But you want to meet the people who've read your book in person, right? Because there's still something special about meeting people in person. Because they're social animals. And it's not the same like signing a stack of books and having like the bookstores mail them out, which is what I've done for a few of the indies in Kuala Lumpur, where I'm based, and it's just not the same because you don't get you don't get to meet your, your readers. And well, I'm hoping that this will change, but and it, it looks like it might change soon. So I'm still crossing my fingers. Yeah, but you know, you know, I'm really happy that I've managed to meet so many interesting people to like virtual events, like you, <laughs> like you, 
oh gosh, this would have never happened if not for like the C word. And so, you know, I, I take pleasure in like these unexpected serendipitous events. <gasps> and I'm going to meet Kevin. I mean, not me, but I'm going to meet Kevin Kwan. So you know what I mean? There are good and bad things, you know? So, yeah. I, I do like that the physical boundaries separating people are gone. Just, you know, I was like, what am I doing today? Oh, I'm going to bring somebody in Malaysia. And then an hour later in London. And then an hour later in Nigeria. Like, that is so cool. I, w- I mean, I never would have had that before. It wouldn't have been, you know, on the menu of options. So, yeah, that is a huge benefit that, you know, physical boundaries no longer should prohibit any communication. Not that they did, but now at least it's, like, in my face that it's so easy. <laughs> so You have, like, a professional-looking mic. Thank you. you know, yes, the- I love my mic. I got it on Amazon. It's, called, it's a Blue Yeti microphone. I Googled best microphones for podcasts a couple of years ago, and this is what came up. And so... I am a huge fan. Yes. Now my son has stolen one and is using it upstairs to play video games. Some of his friends think he's the coolest, but (laughs) thank you though. (laughs) So do you have any advice to aspiring authors? Yes. Put your butt down and finish the manuscript because that's the only way you have anything to present to anyone. So sit down, finish your manuscript and start getting other people's opinions on it, but not too many. Like, gentle but firm readers does that exist yes but yeah so you need people to look through your work and tell you if it's good or bad but finish your work first. is there anyone yeah. you wish you hadn't shown your work to mm, not really i, I kind of wish i had shown my sister the um the second or third draft i did because the first draft she was like not very impressed and she's read a lot of my stuff and she was like oh this is not going to go very far and she was right it didn't really go very far so i i wish i'd shown her the second or third manuscript. So yeah, it's more like a regret, not really. I wish I hadn't shown someone this, but yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thanks for coming on Moms No Time to Read Books. Thanks for talking about your whole experience. Thanks for bridging this sort of international borders of us getting to chit-chat today and all the rest. So thank you. Thanks for having me, and I hope you enjoy your your other two uh, interviews in London, was it? In Nigeria? Yeah. Wow, that's it's pretty intense. Yeah, good good luck and uh, take good care of your voice. I feel like you might need that. Oh, no. Right? I don't know. I, I've honed it from years of screaming at my children, so it's it's fine now. <laughs> it never gets tired. <laughs> well, maybe one day we can finally meet in person if you ever get to New York or I don't know if I have any plans to go to Kuala Lumpur, but you never know. Life is crazy, so. I, I think it's more likely that I'll be in New York one day than the opposite, but I have a tip, like if you ever need something to lubricate your throat, like apple cider vinegar, warm apple cider vinegar with like a dollop of honey is really good for your throat. Like I've used this for, my, my voice is going a little bit. I don't know if you can hear this, but it's because like I've done a couple of interviews today and yeah, but like honey is so good. Hmm. Yeah. My, my husband has like jars and jars of apple cider vinegar in the fridge. He's all about that, like turmeric and apple cider vinegar. We have so many we're like a homeopathy story here. But thank you. Yes, I, he's, he's always trying to get me to do that. And I usually don't. So thank you for the reminder. I appreciate it. Okay. It was so good to talk to you. It was so good uh, to talk I, to you too. Okay, have a really good afternoon, morning. Morning. Yes, still morning here. You too, have a good night. <laughs> All right, thanks Bye. Lauren. Take care, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to one of my debut Tuesday episodes in the July Book Blast series. I really hope you enjoyed it. And it's really my pleasure to bring you some debut authors you might not have heard of or have listened to. So enjoy. I hope you really got a lot out of it. 
Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZibbyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much to Page One Books for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you'll all check out my summer beach bundle at pageonebooks.com. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.